0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. More so free record on my count. Seven six five four three two roll A, fade up on A. miss to, to the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty and Kelly Santer, along with Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Andy Everett is a play-by-play voice for Texas San Antonio. They're in town for a big basketball game tonight. We'll be talking to him in a little bit. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show today, and then a little later in the show, we've got kind of a surprise guest uh, okay. that we're gonna a, a monumental basketball game taking place tonight.
2: Uh, he doesn't, he's, he's not, doesn't work at Southern Miss. He's not a coach at Southern Miss, but he's a Southern Miss guy. Right. And I think you'll find the story really intriguing. That's coming up in the second half hour. A pretty famous Southern Miss guy. Oh, everybody will know who it is. Yeah. But, but, but we'll just throw that out there and tease you a little bit.
1: Real quickly, I want to welcome a couple of new sponsors to the Eagle Hour coming up uh, with us next week. Always always glad to be adding to the family. We want to welcome Jacob Warren, who is a State Farm Insurance agent in Bay Springs, Mississippi, 3rd Street in Bay Springs. Want to welcome them to the show. Also starting next week, a, a place that I'm sure Kelly has inhabited at one point or another, 4th Street Bar comes on as a uh, sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, you can also get Eats in there, too. Oh, yeah, a lot of good food. So there's a lot of reasons for me to go there. In fact, I'm working on a deal, Kelly, where maybe me and you do an Eagle Hour from there. At lunch, when we're having lunch.
2: Will lunch be included? Lunch would be included. I hope so. That, they have a sp- that will be the deal that I propose. Because they have a special every day at 4th Street. All right, so, so we,
1: we welcome that. also want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They proudly support everything that is Southern Miss. They have great food. They cook it in-house fresh every day. They also cater any event, large or small. Uh, they they smoke great meat. Uh, Kelly knows about it. I know about it. Just a good place to eat barbecue. They're all over the state.
2: In Hattiesburg, they're next to Turtle Creek Mall. Smoked your loved everywhere. Barbecue. And while we're welcoming new guests, a special shout out to a couple of uh, big time listeners of this program who text us and let us know. Don McCluskey of Hattiesburg is a big uh, Eagle Hour fan and Corbett Entrican, who uh, played for me in Dixie Youth Baseball years ago with the world famous Benzwanger glass team. Uh, A shout out to Corbett Entrican and to both of them that should take care of the twenty bucks I owe each of you. So what's well, all
1: right, Patrick McGee joins us every Thursday. He, of course, is the uh sports writer for the Biloxi Sun Herald and uh, Patrick welcome back to the show. All right, Patrick breaks a story yesterday. Three words that will terrorize Southern Miss baseball fans. Matt Walner injured. Patrick.
3: Yeah, well, I, Kendall Rogers broke that first, so i got to give him credit. But, uh, yeah, Matt Wallner has uh, suffered a, a strain in his, uh, his forearm, on his throwing arm, and uh, he won't be pitching this weekend. I think it appears that he'll be uh, uh, DHing. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of developed a little bit of a trend here uh, for Matt Walner on the mound. He's had little injuries. Uh, that have developed there whether it was the hip and this this doesn't appear anywhere near as serious as the uh, hip injury it really limited him limited him uh, late in his freshman year kind of going the sophomore year this is something apparently they expect him to recover from uh, fairly quickly but it looks like early in the season uh, you know it's going com- we're not going to see a lot of him on the mound uh, and the expectation was that he was going to be a starter whether it was you know as a weekend guy or a midweek uh, so yeah it's it's Little bit of a setback here in the first uh say a couple of weeks of the season.
1: All right, Pat. So Walker Powell set to start Friday night, tomorrow night. Stevie Powers set to pitch Sunday. Who would you guess will be the Saturday pitcher?
3: Well no it was actually it's gonna be Powell Friday, uh and Powers Saturday. It's Sunday okay. is the question
1: mark. Okay, I got that. Okay. Uh, well, yeah,
3: I don't I mean I don't know what this I think it's going to kind of how things shake out, maybe if Mason Strickland's uh, if he hasn't been used over the fir- over Friday or Saturday, he could possibly be the Sunday guy. But it's going to be one of those weekends where you go into Sunday, just, uh, it really just matters how maybe Friday and Saturday play out uh, as far as how they use pitchers.
2: Well, Patrick, I'm just glad to know that you're still alive because, true or false, probably in the past two weeks of your professional career, you took the journalistic beating of a lifetime from Southern Miss fans uh, over the you know the situation, which is now in the past, the the Hobson Bennett saga, but man, you you took some heat, didn't you? And because I, I want to talk about journalistic, you know, um, responsibility, right? Because mm-hmm. I think lots of times well, schools think that. And I'm not necessarily picking on Southern, but I'm just saying all schools think that you're supposed to be their paid public relations department and only report good, rosy stories, when a good journalist, unfortunately, doesn't determine whether things are good or bad. you, you got to report it all. So with all that on the table, Patrick, I know it was a rough couple weeks for you. How would you describe
3: it? No, I mean, it, it's actually, I faced worse than that. I mean, it was, you know, it was a pretty uh, a barrage of... Of uh, uh, stuff coming across my Twitter feed, uh, some threats of violence, some uh, name calling. Uh, you know, I, you kind of laugh it off, and you know, and I'll send screen grabs to friends like, "Can you believe this guy?" or something like that. But uh, what happened was, I mean, the Athletic report that came out once the Athletic re- uh, came out with the report regards to Charles West and uh, USM's recruitment of him, it, it instantly became a national story and something that I can't ignore. Uh, so I put together my own report to actually piece together information that Southern Miss fans would have access to because uh, the athletic is a subscription only website. I mean, you can't have access to it unless you pay a monthly fee. So in a way, I'm just putting it there for Southern Miss fans to access, and come away with their own conclusion on it. But yeah, I mean, I don't work for the university at the end of the day. I have to you know report on all aspects of the athletic department and uh, what goes on with each sport and, uh, even if it's bad news, uh, it doesn't matter. I, it's my responsibility to report it, and it's my job to hold the University and Athletic Department to account whenever they make a mistake. So, uh, at the end of the day, I'm just doing my job. You know, uh, I guess they couldn't yell at Nicole Auerbach, so they just yelled at me on
2: Twitter. And, and one of the reasons I bring it up, and I'm quoting some of the tweets that you got, Patrick, the, the, mm-hmm. the phrase... What problem do you... This was two Patrick, tweets to Patrick. What problem do you have with Jay Hobson? What has Jay Hobson ever done to you? Why do you hate Dr. Bennett? Why do you hate the school? Why are you picking on the school? And and to any journalist that that has a journalism degree, you know, wh- wherever it's from, journalists don't... They shouldn't. Let me put it this way. They shouldn't have an ax to grind with anyone. They're not right. out to get someone. They don't hate anybody. It's just their job is to report... What happens, you know? And I think sometimes people think that because you happen to be the beat writer for school X, Y, or Z, that you're only supposed to report the good things. And that's not what good journalism does. We wish it could all be great stories, but that's not the way the world is. Fair, Patrick?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I, I know over the course of a year, there are going to be moments where coaches or administrators are mad at me. That's just. That just comes with the territory. So I mean, the last uh, that stretch of like three or four days where you know fans are really up in arms over the uh, athletic report, uh, it's you know it was it, it wasn't fun dealing with all that. Uh, there were people who were supportive, uh, but you know it usually those people are quiet. It's the people that that kind of uh, really angry minority that really has to yell at the top of their lungs. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I it's it's in the past. I think people have calmed down after Bennett's statement. I think. Uh, uh Dr. Bennett really made an effort to calm things down with that, and I think it's worked for the most part.
1: Truth is, though, Patrick, uh, your poll and, and what I was what I came in contact with, I think it's fair to say the majority of the people wanted Southern Miss to sign
4: Bryles. Sure.
3: sure, and I, and I think the, those polls that we saw, of course, those aren't scientific. Those are far from scientific. What, what we're seeing there was the general Southern Miss sports fan uh, wanted to see uh, Art Brawles hired. I, I never questioned that, and I think support kind of grew uh, among Southern Miss fans to hire Art Brawles there in the day leading up to uh, the announcement that he wasn't going to be a candidate. As soon as it, was out, as it was out there, Southern Miss fans saw the idea of you know winning more football games this season. But it was always a more complex decision uh, to hire Art Browse and than just, you know, it had to be a university-wide decision. Right. Uh, if you make that call, you you put the university in a certain light, and you have to figure out a way, you know, is it, is it good for the university as a whole? And, and I think Dr. Bennett decided it wasn't good. And,
2: yeah. you know, Bob, there's nothing more gut-wrenching than a journalist getting a bad story when it comes across their desk or information that they come across. Right. Especially right. when you live in a small town like we do in this area. These are a lot of these people you go to church with, right. you know, you socialize with. It's not pleasant for a journalist no. to have to report Stuff that's that true. that's not perceived as good, but it is part of the job, and yeah. a true journalist understands and that. Patrick is just that. Patrick is a true journalist. Well, we can all say it's
1: over now, Pat. Right? It's it's all behind us.
3: Well, I certainly, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope so. I mean, there's always a prospect of something else uh, coming up, and you know in regards yeah. to what happened over last week. But uh, uh, for the for now, yeah, it, it appears to be... Well,
1: I'll say this. Now, you cover Southern Miss all the time, so I expected you to be involved in it. What kind of amazed me, though, guys, were all of these uh, journalists around the country... Uh, don't give two squats about Southern Miss any other time of the day, but that's all they could talk about for three or four days, am I right?
2: Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. And again, oh, yeah. perceiving yeah. it to be a negative story, let's accentuate the negative.
1: Patrick, know? hang around if you will. I want to talk to you just a moment about the upcoming basketball weekend before we let you go. Is that cool? Sure, that's cool. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We're going to talk a little Southern Miss hoops when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Big weekend ahead. To the top. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sanner, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg. And what is the first bank famous for, Kelly? Uh, let me guess, fall off the bone ribs and
2: and no, oh no, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's, <coughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. First bank is the home of Reggie Collier. There we go.
1: All right, Campus Bookmark, CampusBookmark.net wants to remind you that they carry the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel in the country. They even have clothes for guys like me and Kelly clothing household items, car accessories, tailgate supplies. You can visit them on Hardy street, or you can shop online at campusbookmark.net. Eagle hour on the road tomorrow live at Pete Taylor park at one o'clock. My good buddy, the famous Jim Stump Taylor, coming to join me. That's always that's fun. I I love Stump.
2: Does he Does he still have the ankle bracelet on, or does that does that? All? No, he's gonna wear his kicking shoes. Oh, the he is square toe shoes okay. tomorrow. Yeah, it's okay. gonna be great. Cool.
1: John Cox is gonna be joining us. Chad Kaye also. Uh, we're looking forward to kicking off baseball. Patrick McGee's with us from the Biloxi Sun Harold Patrick, we talked a little bit about baseball, but we can't overlook big big basketball game tonight at Southern Miss, Texas, San Antonio. Uh, number two team uh, in the league, uh, followed by Texas El Paso. Two really important games for the Golden Eagles tonight and Saturday.
3: Right. Yeah. Southern Miss is in a uh, great position to be that that, that five uh, that number five team in the uh, top pod in Conference USA. <laughs> it's still awkward to even talk about. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Really. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's uh, yeah. It's, right now, I guess it's probably one more win in Southern Miss at five seed. Uh, so going in, that would put Southern Miss among the top five teams, and they'll be playing the uh, other four teams in that pod. This, uh, the game tonight is going to be pretty tough. Uh, UTSA has got two of the best guards in the conference, and Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. Um, I think they're number two in the standings right now. They've probably been been the biggest surprise team in all of Conference USA. Uh, then you host UTEP on Saturday, a much more winnable game, a game that Southern Miss I think will handle okay. As long as everything goes according to plan on Saturday, so tonight's kind of the, the big test and and to see really you know maybe how far so we we've, we've seen really good basketball out of Southern Miss in here recent weeks, but I don't think any of those teams that Southern Miss has beaten here recently are playing as well as UTSA is at the moment. So this is a game that will kind of. Be that nice little test before they enter that home stretch with pod play, and then then into tournament competition. Well, I don't
1: want to beat a dead horse, but this pod play just has a simple-minded guy like me a bit confused. So they're <laughs> they're going to have five teams in the top pod and five in the second, and they're going to play one another. Is that correct? Well, in, the, in each pod.
3: Yeah, each pod is only going like Southern Miss when only play the other four teams in its pod. Right. Uh, it's three different pods, and Southern Miss is going to be okay. in that top one. So they'll be playing West Kentucky, UTSA, uh, North Texas, <laughs> oh, great, if they can handle great. their business this week. Uh,
1: so do we know if any of those games will be in Hattiesburg, or does the conference just want to wait until tip-off time to let anybody know that?
3: No, I, I'm sure some of the games will be in Hattiesburg. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things like as a five-seat uh, – it, it may split 50-50, two home games, two road games. I just don't know. It's been a while since I wrote about it. It's crazy. I guess I should go find that out. But they're supposed to announce uh, how things will play out on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so once everything's settled, uh, we'll find out what the situation is heard anything I stranger
2: than that, Kelly. The theory behind it, Bob, if we, if we rewind the tape going back to when they first announced this. The theory was trying to make Conference USA more than a one-team bid into the NCAA tournament. So they go, how do we do that? By having the top teams in the top pod play each other, the theory is that if you go in that pod, if you do pretty well, it would automatically increase your strength of schedule, okay? So that automatically, of course, the conference gets one bid, whoever wins the conference tournament. But then they can maybe, their thinking is, they could maybe sneak another team into the tournament if their strength of schedule is strong enough, right? So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the halves playing the halves. But if another team can emerge from that play relatively unscathed, the league thinks it might improve its chances of getting a second team in the tournament. Are That's you the buying theory.
3: that, Patrick? No, I mean it's, <laughs> there's only going to be one one team out of the conference USA and then C two A. And one way to kind of look at it, if you're a Southern Miss fan, if, if Southern Miss wins that pod. Uh, If they get that one seed, they guarantee themselves at least an NIT bid uh, because they will have been the uh, regular season champion in Conference USA. Uh, So if Southern Miss goes in playing really well like they have here lately, I'll say Southern Miss, you know, right now is probably playing as well as anybody. I think they can beat anybody in that pod. So. Uh, you would at least probably you would at least guarantee yourself a, a spot in nit if you win that pot.
1: Well, I think that'd be pretty good, don't you? all?
2: And, and really, an, an unnamed source in Washington DC is, is commenting on this game tonight, saying it's going to be huge. This game, <laughs> I don't know who that might be, but <laughs> it's taking interest. It's
1: going to be beautiful. <laughs> all right, Pat. So uh, you like the Eagles tonight?
3: Uh, this one's like I said. This may be the you know they're, they're probably going to play the road runners again here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a big game. I, I I don't know. I haven't seen the line out of Vegas on this one, but if I would say it's pretty much a toss up. Okay. I mean, UTSA guard play can really match up with Southern Miss. So. Uh, I would expect a fairly high-scoring
2: game. What's cool cool about it, too, Bob, is both of these teams have taken the same route. Miserable starts. Mm. Both of these teams this year, conference, non-conference, did not have very good starts. And they have kicked it into gear at the right time. And that's when you want to be playing your best ball is when you get toward the conference tournament.
1: Patrick, were you there Saturday by any chance? Yeah, I was there. Great atmosphere, wasn't it? Hopefully we'll have that again. But, boy, the atmosphere was fun. It was a fun day.
3: Yeah, it, it was a good game. It was the best crowd of the season, I think. Having Alvin Kamara out there uh, brought out a few more folks. Uh, you saw some people wearing his jersey up in, in the right. bleachers. and I think you see some momentum building uh, as far as fan support, and uh, I think they're really making a push among the fraternities uh, to get students okay. out to the game That's tonight. Good. Unfortunately, I won't be there because I'm dating somebody at the moment, and I cannot afford uh, can not afford to be there because I've got a date planned tonight in New Orleans, but uh, oh, I'll be there well, on Saturday. Uh, priorities, my man.
2: I priorities. Thought, I thought maybe you weren't coming, Sanity, because you don't own a bulletproof vest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, no. You, you'll never see.
3: It, it's, uh, the louder people yell, the more likely I am to show up. So. That's
1: when he goes uh, to Louisiana Lafayette that he has to put on the vest. <laughs> am I right, Pat? Yeah, they don't
3: like me there. I'll All
1: right, real like quick them. before I let you go, I have to tell you this. We had Todd Munkin on the show yesterday, Patrick. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you know, he's a great figure in sports. And at the end, Kelly asked him about the play. The non-call. The non-call. And, Patrick, I hate to tell you this, but this is what he said. Saints fans need to get over it.
2: And he said it with some vigor,
3: too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not surprised to hear that out of Todd Munkin. It would come out of Todd Munkin. Just wanted to pass that along
1: to you from Coach Munkin, Patrick.
2: <laughs> what, I, what I'm worried about in this with, the, with Southern Miss basketball, I think they're going to go out and win tonight. What scares me to death is after winning tonight and expending the emotional expenditure that's going to go into winning tonight, then, you, then UTEP comes in here, which yeah. has had a miserable season, that they'd come in and stub their toe against UTEP. What do you say, Pat? That would scare is me that, to death. Is that
1: egg possible? Yeah. What's that? Is laying an egg like that possible? You win tonight oh, yeah. against yeah, a really I good mean, team and then lose Saturday.
3: Sure, and this team's had its kind of low points off and on throughout the season, but now that they've got kind of their legs under them, and they, you can tell they've kind of developed a, a routine from week to week, it, they've really kind of built a – uh, a really strong stretch. Whenever they were struggling, they were coming off like a six-game road stretch. So mm-hmm. I, I think conference plays allowed the team to kind of develop that nice routine, and, and they've yeah. just gotten better as the season's gone along.
1: All right, Patrick. Thanks for your time, buddy. We'll see you this weekend.
3: All right, guys. Have a good
1: week. Patrick McGee, everybody. Biloxi's on here. Has a Southern Miss team ever laid an egg like that? And I don't ever recall
2: that. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get back to the neurologist, but I'm going to tell you the
1: greatest egg of all time. Uh, my wife and I were living on Fourth Street at the time uh, in Hattiesburg. Yes, we drive over to Tuscaloosa and we watch the Golden Eagles beat Bear Bryant. They had lost; they had won sixty or seventy games in a row at home. It was Bear Bryant. You know? That
2: was the nasty bunch, yeah. Yeah,
1: thirty-eight to or thirty, I can thirty-eight to twenty-eight. I think was the final score. Next weekend, we come home. Just beat Alabama. I'm talking about the Alabama. Lose to Louisiana Tech. Can can you imagine?
2: It happens, you know. That's what I'm saying. That's what worries me, you know, because a team that you totally expect to go over and steamroll, and uh, it it happens all the time. I hope it doesn't, but, you know, and I'm sure Doc and them will have them ready to go. Yeah, I hope
1: it doesn't either. I'm excited about the basketball team. Uh, Really a big fan of Doc Sadler. You are, too. We've talked a lot about this. Uh, But man, you can't help but be excited with these kids, Kelly. They play hard and uh, they really got it going
2: right now. And the fact that they, what they've been through, you know, everybody loves a Cinderella and an underdog story. You know, and and really the the trials and tribulations that the entire basketball program has been through, they deserve this. I hate to right. hate to sound cavalier about it, but they they really do. And it's it was great to see the fan base you know come out. Alvin Kamara aside, right. uh, there were a lot of Golden Eagle fans there. And a reminder, Bob, that that game Saturday is a four excuse me a two o'clock tip, I believe so that you can get back over to the Pete for a 4 o'clock start. Mm, that's cutting it close. It, it is, but, I mean, you're just right across the street. So I th- And I, th- I think I'm right on that, that the basketball game is a 2 o'clock start with the baseball game starting at 4, so you can make it a doubleheader.
1: Message to Dr. Rodney Bennett. Give Doc Sadler an extension, a contract extension at the end of the season. Are you on board with that? Next up on the Eagle Hour, we'll be ta- <laughs> we'll be talking with the contract extension radio for Doc voice Sadler. of
2: the UT San Antonio Roadrunners. Contract extension for Doc Sadler. Bob Getty on Mike Number One. I'm Kelly Sander. Back in a moment.
0: Tune to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss
1: to the top. Hey, thanks to our good buddy Patrick McGee for coming on the show. We always enjoy our conversations with him uh, at the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He does a great job covering Southern Miss sports, so we uh, really do appreciate that. Quick reminder, Eagle Hour back at Pete Taylor Park tomorrow for the opening game against Purdue University. Stump Taylor, the famous Stump Taylor, will be joining us in his square-toed shoes. So you'll want to come by and get a picture of that uh john cox will be on the show and chad kaye so i won't have to say much i mean i just bring those guys on the set and let
2: them go living proof that prayers do get answered occasionally
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i hope you'll come by and say hello to us tomorrow we would uh, love to see you reminder about raising cane's chicken fingers everybody loves delicious chicken fingers and you love fries and coleslaw, and it's always the best at Raising Cane's. Always delicious, always fresh. You can visit a Raising Cane's near you. Raising Cane's, one love, and a big supporter of Southern Miss. And uh, Kelly always uh, swaps his slaw for something else, don't you?
2: Not so much as I get older. but uh, And the lemonade there is really good, too, Bob. The lemonade is uh, is really good. Don't forget the lemonade at, uh, at Raising Cane's. Well, the... Play voice of the UTSA uh, Roadrunners as they come to town tonight. Uh, big game coming up. And Andy Everett is the radio voice of the Roadrunners. Andy, good to have you on the Eagle Hour. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, man. Well, I I, I kind of talked in one of the earlier segments about how the Roadrunners and Eagles really their their path to success this year is similar. Both teams started out very very slowly and have found themselves here lately. And it's it looks like this is shaping up to be a clash of the Titans tonight. How do you see it?
0: Yeah, I I think the same way. I thought Southern Miss earlier in the year. I was kind of surprised by the not seeing them obviously play that the, the slow start. UTSA slow start came with the fact that Javon Jackson. Uh, did not play until the sixth game of the season. He missed the first five games still coming back from the ACL injury that he had last year and wasn't cleared to play until uh, we went to Florida for that tournament, and then he was restricted on minutes for the first three or four games as well. Uh, So um, that that was part of the reason for UTSA's slow start was working him back into the mix. Uh, But, yeah, I think these are two good teams, and I think what Doc Sadler's done at Southern Miss is remarkable. Uh, considering the mess he inherited and not only getting them back to being a top five team in the standings right now but just being able to weather that storm for several years to be able to get back to where they are now
2: now the job of, of a play-by-play guy is just to tell people what happens but as you have observed this team play the Roadrunners, that is over the past uh, two or three weeks fundamentally on the court what are they doing especially well in your view
0: well, uh, I, I did a stat earlier in the year, and this I haven't added to this for the last four or five games, but uh, up until maybe the like, the games late in January, when UTSA got somebody other than Javon Jackson or a group of players other than Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace to score in the 20s, they were 8-1, and and one of those losses was early in the year in that 0-5 start. Uh, when they didn't, they were 3-4 and at the time. And so I think one of the keys is, Javon and Keaton are going to shoot 60 shots a game between the two of them or more. And they should because they're such a dynamic threat. But when Giovanni De Nicola, or the, the point guard, uh, when, uh, when um, Nick Allen, who's our power forward slash center, uh, when those guys get involved, Byron Fronin, when those three guys or a combination of a couple of guys off the bench can score in the 20s collectively... It becomes very difficult for UTSA to to lose because there's going to be you're not going to, have to be able to score enough points to beat them. Uh, and if UTSA can get the game into the 80s or low 90s, they, they're very difficult to beat. But in order to do that, you've got to have three or four other guys scoring other than you know Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. And so that, I think that's been part of the equation is that there's a lot of different bodies that are scoring points and doing things well. I think the other thing too is. Every player that Steve Henson's recruited in the last couple of years has come from winning programs. They understand what it's like to win. They're not afraid to win. And a lot of people say, "Well, why would you be afraid to win?" There are people that don't want the responsibility that comes with winning, and they've never really experienced it. This group has, and they are yeah, they are very disappointed when they don't uh, win a game, and it doesn't matter who they're playing or where
2: they're playing. It would have been it would been very easy. For the Roadrunners, like the Golden Eagles, to pick up their marbles and go home, fold their tent, whatever cliche you want to use, early in the year after a slow start. Was there anything that comes to mind from you, Andy, that was a turning point for this Roadrunner season heading into the home stretch?
0: Uh, well, I think I think when conference play started, their, their uh, seriousness went up a notch the game before our conference opener with UTAP. Uh, we played a, a Division II team, Southeast Oklahoma State, and almost lost the game. It was 73-70, uh, I think was the final score, 70-67, something like that. And it wasn't that we played poorly. We just didn't play with that energy or that focus that you really want to play. And then four days later, you have the season opener against UTEP, and the focus, it was like they turned the light switch on. And I think, the, uh, I think they got a taste last year of what it was like to win late in the year uh, they did beat UTEP in the first round of the uh, of the tournament last year. They did not have Javon Jackson and gave Marshall a good run before uh, the end of that uh, that second round game. And then they won a game in the uh, CIB tournament last year as well at the end of the of the season. So I think they really got very focused and and very collectively together once the conference season began and the non conference season. Uh, while it matters from an RPI standpoint and it. It matters for maybe what you're going to get seeded down the road. What you do in this conference season and conference tournament matters, and since then they've really been locked in.
1: Hey, Andy, Bob Getty, glad to have you back on the show. Uh, after, after this weekend, uh, the infamous pod play starts uh, for Conference USA. What do your folks uh, over in Texas think about this concept?
0: Well, I think that the only negative about it is that you don't know who you're playing, you don't know when you're playing, and from a travel and getting ready to go places, you really don't know what is up uh, up for. But I understand the concept because if, for example, Old Dominion, UTSA, Southern Miss, any of those top five teams were playing UTEP, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic the last week of the season, and you happen to lose that game, it destroys your RPI. And if you win that game, well, you were supposed to and you, have no, really, you don't really gain any RPI points. So by playing everybody that is amongst your peers as far as your season's gone, now you have a chance to strengthen your RPI, and if you lose, you don't lose a lot of RPI points. Now this year, with Old Dominion having six losses and us having ten, I don't think Conference USA is going to get a second team in the tournament. But in years that they don't, I think the other part of the focus is hopefully to get the conference champion seated 11th or 12th instead of 13, 14th, or 15th. Uh, I think and, that's the best
1: explanation we've heard yet. Thank yeah, you for that. And,
3: yeah.
0: And and, and so uh, if you look at the success of Conference USA, uh, Middle Tennessee's won in uh, in uh, 16 and 17, and last year Marshall won its game, and a few years before UAB won it uh, against Iowa State in the tournament. So this conference has won first round games in three, fourteen matches, matchups, or Now they want to see if they can play a 6 or 11 seed, because not only if they win that, uh, does it do well. It's an easier game, technically but now you have a chance to win a second game and maybe get a conference USA team in the Sweet 16.
2: And it's not so, clear, it's not clear whether it's going to work, but but right, m- but exactly. most people will say at, they'll at least for for a conference that has been so criticized, widely criticized by fans and administrators alike sometimes. At most people are clapping their hands quietly, a golf clap for at least the conference is trying to do something to upgrade the chances of a second team. Fair to yeah, say. And,
0: and I think there's two things though that is going to be weird. The sixth place team right now, I think, is UAB. Well, UAB could go four and zero, and everybody else could go, you know, one and uh, two and two, or one and three, or whatever in their pod in the upper pod. And the conference champion may be from the second pod. I mean, technically, it can happen. I don't think it will, but technically, it could. Uh, the conference regular season champion, but you wouldn't. You would still be seated sixth because you're, you can't be seated above your pod. Uh, so, but I think the other problem with Conference USA is that people realize this is a good basketball league. Western Kentucky beat Wisconsin earlier in the year, and Marshall beats or uh, uh, Old Dominion beat Syracuse. Uh, and uh, the game against Oklahoma that we had a chance to play at home, it was a five point game in the last uh, until about twelve minutes to go, and then they started getting separation. So, this league is very competitive, and so it's hard to schedule good non conference teams because even if you go on the road and play them you have a chance to beat them and they don't want to, those those major conference schools don't want regular season losses in their non-conference season because they're trying to pad their RPI too so they'd rather play a division 2 school that they can beat by 60 instead of playing a team that they might lose to.
2: What's intriguing about this game tonight, too, Bob Getty, is that there's a realistic possibility that because of the pod play that the Roadrunners and Eagles may play each other again very, very well, soon. Well, that's
1: going to be my next question, Andy. There's a chance that could happen, right?
0: Exactly. We could be back here or they could be in San Antonio. and I haven't read all the, the all the numbers as to who plays who and when they play or where they play. I think the league is keeping a top secret on all of that and they'll let us know on Saturday night and Sunday where everybody's going. But not only that, but UTSA played Old Dominion in late January, came from 18 down in the last four minutes to win that game and we may have to go to Norfolk or they may have to come back to San Antonio. So it's all... Uh, to be determined this
1: weekend. All right, Andy, thanks for your time, man. Good conversation, and I hope you enjoy your visit here.
0: You got
1: it. Take care. Andy Ebert, everybody, play-by-play guy for Texas-San Antonio. That wanting to play Division Two teams out of conference as opposed to good teams sort of reminded me of SEC football.
2: Well, they, 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 well because they beat up each other I every week in uh, the SEC. I've never yeah. heard that before.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> To the, top. to the top. You're
4: tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks to Andy Everett for joining us. I Appreciate that. A quick reminder about Carter's Jewelry on Evelyn Gandhi Boulevard. They've got beautiful jewelry for every price range, and they now offer Southern mist to the Top jewelry from watches to diamonds and custom-made jewelry. Carter's Jewelry is a must-stop for every Golden Eagle. I saw Kelly actually in a lovely SMTT necklace over the weekend uh, and a red skirt that was a little disturbing but the the necklace looked good
2: well, it's all about it's it is better to look good than to feel good right i mean mardi gras <laughs> coming up you can see anything that
1: doesn't have anything to do with mardi Gras, <laughs> <laughs> believe
2: it. Hey, good, our, good answer though dog yeah. i like that
1: our, our next guest is a former star for the golden eagles both on the baseball field and the basketball court He played professional baseball after leaving Southern Miss and is now the winningest basketball coach in Mississippi history. And I've never quite understood how that occurred, other than that he's a brilliant coach. And tonight he goes for his 700th NAIA win. And, of course, we're talking about our good buddy Coach Steve Knight from William Carey University. Coach, what are you going to do to celebrate tonight after 700 victories?
4: Probably gonna watch some film and get ready for Bethel on Saturday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't sound like much of a celebration, Coach Knox. And it's Valentine's no, Day
2: too, sure, right? It right? Is Valentine's
1: Valentine's.
4: Day. Yeah. No. No. My my family will be there. I'm sure. So we'll we'll hang out. I don't know what we'll do. A little bit later, come home and and um, talk a little bit about the game and. Just uh, hopefully it's a it's a good experience, you know. I uh, hate to come home on Valentine's after a loss.
1: Right. Now, I understand the all-time winningest coach in NAIA history is retiring at the end of the season with 790 wins. So I really see a few years down the road, you're going to be the winningest coach not only in Mississippi history, but in the NAIA as well.
4: Well, I don't know about that. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, just trying to take them, you know, each year as they come come around. I told our guys, I said, you know, the two things that need to happen tomorrow night not, is not for me, it's for, number one, we're tied for first place in the conference. We need to stay there. Number two, this will be our 20th win of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's always our, our first goal for a year uh you know as we go into the season is if you can win 20 games you put yourself in a good spot to to be in the hunt there at the end of February
2: right. it's really hard though coach when you you get a, a, you know elected into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame and here you are now on the precipice of 700 by the way William Carey's game will be on uh, those of you in the Hattiesburg area the William Carey game will be on the radio tonight so you'll be All able right. to to listen to history hopefully happen tonight but uh you you've said kind of kind of privately kind of publicly you think you maybe have four or five more good years left in you you know when when would you ever make that call Steven would would the record ever enter into a decision as to when to come and when to go
4: well first of all the record will have no impact on, on that so I'm not I'm not hunting and, and trying to become the all-time winningest coach if it happens it happens you know I think it's just a decision to be made between myself and my wife and you know, honestly, I could retire after this year. I'm um, at the age where I can do that. I, I don't expect that to happen. I, I'd like to go as long as I'm healthy and as long as she's healthy to be able to come out and watch and, and, um, you know, maybe travel with us some and spend some time together while I'm still doing my job. So, um, you know, we've talked about it, but made no, no, uh, solid decision one way or the other just uh, things are going pretty well right now and uh, i feel really good now that i'm no longer the athletic director I'm just a lot off of my plate that i can now put my energy and my time into into coaching basketball and you know that's where my passion is and trying to have an impact on these young men and in their lives and and um, be a good role model and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm having as much fun this year as I did my first year.
1: Coach, I'm sure that every time you guys take the floor, just based on your history and every year your teams are really good, you guys always play with a target on your back, don't you? Because beating oh, well, William Carey has yeah. got to be a big deal.
4: Yeah, without question. We, we, we're we not going to go into a game where the other team isn't ready to play or they're down or they're, they're ready to play us. And yeah, the thing that I've enjoyed so much about this team is, you know, we lost over 80% of our scoring and 70% of our rebounding from last year. And then the first week of the season, we lose our leading score. And about four weeks ago, we lost the guy who took over the spot as a leading scorer. And then last Saturday, we lost the next guy, hmm. uh, all-conference post player, Brandon Shepard. So we honestly won the game Monday night playing the last four and a half minutes with – the tallest player on the court being six three, and the rest of them under under six foot, hmm. and just the heart that they showed, and it's just a great example of of teaching guys that hey, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, you know, you have an opportunity to win, and uh, to see it happen just is you know nice. puts you on cloud nine as a coach, and you know I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just hopeful that we get uh, Brandon back maybe uh, Saturday or early next week in Lido if we make it to the national tournament he'll be back so um, things are looking good.
2: We just need to keep plugging along. Four more regular season
1: games. All right, Coach. Good luck to you tonight. We're your biggest fans. We think you know that. We'll be pulling for you tonight. Yes, sir. Appreciate
2: seven, the call. And that game will be 7 o'clock tonight on your uh, Hattiesburg uh, seven, affiliate for uh, Supertalk. 7.30. Seven 7.30. Uh, 30. 30. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. All right,
1: Coach Steve Knight, everybody. Right. Eagle Hour tomorrow from Pete Taylor Park. Stump Taylor joins us. John Cox, Chad Kaye. Looking forward to the kickoff of baseball season. We thank you very much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 from the Pete Taylor Park. Until then, Southern Miss.
2: To the top.
1: Fly like a eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly
3: like a eagle till I'm free. i go through the world a mission.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.